1: Welcome to the Jason and Scott Show. This is episode 204 being recorded on Thursday, January 2nd, 2020. I'm your host, Jason Retail Geek Goldberg. And as usual, I'm here with your co-host, Scott Wingo. Hey, Jason, and welcome back, Jason Scott Show listeners.
0: Well, Jason, happy new year, happy new decade. hope you had a really good last decade and I hope you had a good holiday.
1: I did. Happy New Year to you. The uh, I'm with you on the new decade, but there, you know there's some controversy about whether it is a new decade or not. Yeah, I don't believe
0: that. It's a it's a n plus one problem. We'll just yeah. sweep. We'll sweep past it.
1: Yeah, it's the 20s, as far as I'm concerned. So heck yeah, yeah. Just but right it has head. already happened. Um, we uh, I I nailed our intro, despite the fact that we typed ni- 2019 <laughs> in the show notes. So it's, uh, it's
0: a little Easter egg I put in there for you. You hard. found it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I was, I felt, I felt special about myself that I was able to, to fix that on the fly.
0: Cool. So the most important question is, have you been able to see the new star Wars movie?
1: Oh my God, Scott, I've been thinking about you nonstop because yes, I got to see the new star Wars movie and obviously we'll, we'll be spoiler free. Uh, But I, I was totally happy with it and enjoyed it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Me too. The, uh, A weird thing happened to me where I've gotten to where I kind of like the Mandalorian almost better than the movies. So I don't know.
1: So here's why I've been thinking about you nonstop. My four year old is now both feet in on star Wars, everything.
0: Good. That's some quality parenting right there.
1: Yeah. So we've let him watch some of the movies. There's a ton of like kid friendly star Wars content. You probably knew all about this, but there's like the Lego movies and cartoons and all this different stuff. Um, And like for Hanukkah, he got a lightsaber, which he has not been separated from since. And uh, um, we got a bunch of Star Wars books, including I got him uh, like a graphic novel version of episodes four, five and six. And so now every night as part of our bedtime ritual, uh, he sits down with me and we we, you know, read a a segment from the book.
0: Cool. Give us your Darth Vader voice.
1: Yeah, I'm not doing uh, any voices on the podcast, sorry. Um, Baby Geek, I am your father. Exactly. I have said that exact phrase Tam. him. Um, but what's super funny is uh, my wife and I, uh, like you, have enjoyed Mandalorian. Um, and we were watching it one night, and Steven came in, like he should have been asleep, and he came in and saw like 30 seconds of Mandalorian, which we have not let him watch Mandalorian. Um uh, but Steven is totally 100% fixated on Mandalorian. So he's utterly convinced that Mandalorians are way better than Jedi's. Mm-hmm. Um he like he, the only character he likes from all of the previous Star Wars work is now Boba Fett. Uh, nice. <laughs> um and he like he brings them up in every context and we're like you've seen 30 seconds. <laughs> <laughs> Team Mando, yeah, and he he's like he's like four, and he's asking like, like when he sees Yoda in the like Clone Wars, he's asking like, how is he only a baby in Mandalorian?
0: Yeah, yeah. (laughs) I'm like, it's it's really confusing. Yeah, oh, I mean, this stuff.
1: uh, Star Wars is super confusing to explain to a four year old, like because you start with the premise that like the bad guys have red lightsabers and the good guys have other colors, and then like it suddenly dawns on you that all the bad guys used to be good guys and then become good guys again. And so like, yeah, it's super like that's Anakin, but it, yeah, yeah, it's uh very convoluted, but uh, suffice it to say there's a bunch of Mandalorian and baby Yoda posters up in his room. And he's like, we are living in a Mandalorian world, which just makes me think of you.
0: Very cool. Well, all the toys are coming out. So that's, uh, it's going to be exciting in the next couple of weeks or, all the they held them because they didn't want to spoil some of the plot elements of Mandalorian. So there's a big wave of toys coming. So it's good time.
1: I know. And in fact, uh, a bunch of uh, entrepreneurial people, because they did not release baby Yoda toys during the show because they were trying to, uh, per your point, keep him secret. Um, So everybody and their brother started making baby Yoda toys. And like there, there's been like, you know, a huge intellectual property crackdown and there's like, you know, hundreds of people from Etsy that have been, uh, gotten the cease and desist orders over that.
0: Yeah. Speaking of toys, I saw on Twitter that you were going to try to hit one of the new Toys R Uses. Did you make it to one of them?
1: I did. I am wearing a button right now that says, I don't want to grow up. I'm a Toys R Us kid. Uh, because I went to the Houston store a few days after it opened. So there's to recap for our listeners, like Toys R Us went bankrupt; they're gone. It's super sad. Huge disruption in the toy industry. Um, a company bought the the intellectual property of Toys R Us, and they did a partnership with Beta, who's been on the show a couple times, to open initially two Toys R Us stores. So there's one in uh, New Jersey, and there's one in Houston, Texas. Uh, so I got to go to the Houston, Texas one, um, and it was fun. It was uh, fun to see the brand uh back alive and reimagined and it, it was a uh, you know it, it's very different than a Toys R Us a traditional Toys R Us store because these are kind of 20,000 square foot mall-based toy stores versus 80,000 square foot uh big box toy stores um but it was a fun immersive uh uh retail environment with a bunch of toys and uh uh this mall which is a A mall uh Scott like a week before Christmas Felt like a ghost town to me, like it was mm. tragically empty. Uh, but I would argue that Toys R Us was the second busiest uh, store in the in the whole mall. Um, Apple. And yeah, First. behind Apple, you're exactly right. Uh, side note: people are only in the Apple store to get tech support, but um, still. Uh, but this store was really busy, and people like had made a special trip just to go. And like the the brand is still strong, so. Uh, it looks like these first two stores are doing pretty well and uh, I know there's a plan to open more. So uh, kudos cool. to to them for saving the brand and to Beta for doing a pretty good toy execution. Nice.
0: Yeah. The uh, So thanks for the trip report. This is our annual recap these always run long. So I think we should just jump right on into it. So um, being the first show of the decade and the year, Uh, it is our custom, I guess we've done this four or five times now, (laughs) um, to do an annual prediction and then score ourselves. So way back in episode 159, we had our predictions um, for 2019. Uh, So I think what we'll do is score each other to start out with, and then we'll put out our predictions. So uh, why don't you go through my last year predictions and see how we did?
1: Yeah. And before I jump in, let me just say, I despise this show. I've had dread uh, leading up to this show. And the reason is, is I've never done very well. Um, But however well I have done, I've gone progressively worse every year. And last year, while I did quite poorly, you did stupendously. And so uh, it's... Like, I've dreaded even seeing what my predictions were last year and hearing about them, so I'm just going to rip the Band-Aid off and we'll get through the show. Um, but uh, your first prediction for uh, for 2019 was that at least 5K more stores would close in 2019. Um, and uh, let's get this out of the way. Uh, you blew away that prediction. Uh, Coresight, which is the... the company we most often use for kind of tracking US store closures had like 9300 stores closing this year um, uh, IHL did a study and there were even more store closures than that in their in their study so by any measure way more than 5,000 stores closed and you know in hindsight I shouldn't let you get away with that prediction because that's like it was too easy uh, uh, so well, I'm no, teasing.
0: There was a lot of people saying that that was kind of going to be the worst. Yeah, no. So if
1: you had yeah. said that it's going to be worse than last year, that would have been a slightly more predict. Uh, like, so five thousand was less than last year or this year. Um, but yeah, there, uh, I agree. Most people thought there'd be fewer closures this year than last year, and that like by depending on how you count, did not prove to be the case. The much more controversial thing on the whole store closures is if more open than closed if you, you go by the core site tracker a lot more closed than open, but if you go by other studies that are, that feel more comprehensive, like there actually were more stores that open than closed. So, um, yeah. And then the, the size matters, right? So, yeah. And nobody does. Some good of study these are stores, which are pretty big. Yeah. yeah. And a loophole. A lot of the people that say way more stores open than closed are also counting like restaurants as stores, for example, mm-hmm. and the, and restaurants have a lot of churn. And so, uh, a uh, lot of controversy, but bottom line, uh, you started out of the gate strong, you're one for one. Um, and, uh, your second prediction, uh, you just, you just jumped right into the gutter. Um, because your second prediction was, uh, that professor Scott Galloway would basically be wrong, <laughs> which I like as a general principle. <laughs> uh, but more specifically what you were talking about is the, uh, and and to remind people of the climate a year ago. Uh, uh, he had just published a book about the uh, the four, one of which was Amazon. So he was he was publicly speaking about Amazon a ton, um, and he you know was really beating a drum around having to split up Amazon and that potentially Amazon would voluntarily spin off some of their businesses because they're so lucrative. And so you know the talk is usually about AWS. And so your prediction was kind of. Uh, to go negative and say uh, uh, Galloway's wrong and Amazon isn't going to uh, be split up and isn't going to voluntarily split up any uh, any parts of their business. Um, and you were certainly correct. None of those things happened.
0: Yeah. Well, what I've uh, learned from this anti-Galloway bet is that he throws out so many things. He gets one right and then looks like a genius. So his WeWork one will hit, um, but most of his other ones didn't. But the, he's ridden the WeWork one for, for a good six months here.
1: Yeah, yeah, I feel like he, uh, the first one that hit for him that really, like, you know, he made a lot of hay on was uh, predicting Whole Foods would be acquired by Amazon. And then, uh, yeah, he he was instrumental in uh, kind of picking the, he was the early picker of the WeWork demise. Um, but per your point, he also predicted Amazon would acquire a bunch of other people besides Whole Foods that they didn't. And my favorite prediction is, uh, about three years ago, he said that Amazon had peaked in that you should short the stock mm, and that would not have been good side note. Yeah. That would turned out not to be good investment advice. Um, so yeah, per your point, like anyone in this prediction space, like the whole key is to throw a bunch out and just remind people of the ones you got right and not bring up all the ones you got wrong. Um, but you're doing great. You're two for two. Um, uh, yeah. So third prediction, um, that, uh, Either or eBay and Alibaba um, would need to do something big in 2019. Um, And uh, so you 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 propose that uh, potentially they might uh, do some sort of joint venture or some sort of combination. And I have to say, Scott, as far as I'm aware, that did not happen. Yeah, they did sell StubHub.
0: Wouldn't you say that's pretty big? Uh, no, it was,
1: uh, not relative to their size, 4
0: billion of 30 billion market cap. That's more than materiality. Okay. Not gonna give it to me. All right. That's fine.
1: Yeah. Again, uh, I'm dreading my own prediction. So I'm grading you very, very strictly. Um, but fair enough. Uh, I like that you can make the argument. So I'm going to say you're two for three right now. Um,
0: Uh, another thing, uh, just to point out is the eBay CEO just kind of up and left one day. That was kind of kind of a surprise. <laughs> I don't know if we count that as something big happening or not, but there's you know, he yeah. basically said, Look, I'm misaligned with the board and peace out. And yeah. Uh, Need yeah. to do so something big. Yeah. Kind of a shock.
1: Sell the profitable parts of your company and then watch the executives flee. Okay. Um I don't think that was the spirit of I think you were more proposing they would do something that would help them uh reacquire growth.
0: Yeah, what another thing I didn't anticipate is this anti-China thing that we have going on here, right? You know, so the tariffs uh were one thing, but there's just uh, yeah, a lot of anti-China going on right now that I think is going to make this merger impossible. I don't think the US government would let it happen.
1: Yeah, no, I do I think there's there are some uh a number of entanglements there that that would be challenges. Um there are there were some little partnerships, there's some interesting things with like uh, well, I guess it's more JD and uh, Walmart in the U S but, um, yeah. So, uh, back on track, you're two for three and your fourth prediction, uh, was that Shopify gets acquired, uh, and you said potentially by one of the big, um, ad based companies like Facebook or Google. And, uh, uh, once again, uh, to my knowledge that did not happen. Do you agree or do you have a, a argument there as well? I agree,
0: and you know what 's really amazing is if you look at kind of year over year shopify when I made this prediction was that their stock is like at one hundred and forty four and they were like a ten billion dollar company they 've gone almost up like three x so yeah, so they were like a ten twelve billion dollar company and now they're a forty seven billion dollar company so so what 's interesting is they're they 're pretty much unacquirable, I think. Um, at that price, at, at the and then the valuation um, multiple is just extremely lofty. So if you look at all the different software as a service companies, yeah, you, you see this range of like eight to ten x, and there's something like fifteen to twenty x. It's just crazy um, the valuation there. So uh, kudos to those guys. They essentially don't, you know, they will be an acquire and not not acquired.
1: Yeah, no, totally agree. They're they're killing it both. Uh, in terms of their their um, financial success and valuations, but also they're they're just winning in the marketplace and they're like you know continuing to capture more ground away from the enterprise guys and uh, they're they're doing a bunch of interesting things. Um, yeah, so we'll talk more about them in the future, I'm sure. Uh, but uh, yeah, uh, I, there are a bunch of people that would like to acquire them, but per your point, like there's not it's not really economically viable at this point. Um, and then number five, uh, Walmart stumbles in e-commerce and I took that to mean, um, that their, their rate of e-commerce growth would slow over 2018, which was pretty solid, uh, growth at like 40%. And, uh, they actually, uh, were exactly at 40% again in 2020. So they're, they're growing very quickly they're growing faster than amazon certainly much faster than the the market overall and their growth rate in 2020 or 2019 was basically the same as 2018 um, so like by that measure I'm not giving them a stumble in 2019 but do you do you agree or did, was do you think there was some other dimension they stumbled in
0: I agree. I probably underestimated how long they had to kind of win by converting grocery. over. Um, but I think this year probably, yeah. Well, you know, it's, it's coming. I just probably got the year wrong. But I'll I'll give you that. I, I feel on like that one.
1: that's a common theme in all of our predictions. Like, and in fact, I've noticed both you and I are sort of afraid to double down and be like wrong one year and then say say it again the next year. But many of our predictions come true a year after we predicted it.
0: Well, there was the Alexa ear pod, AirPods. I did like two years, and then they came out the year I didn't.
1: <laughs> exactly, which is frustrating. Yeah, God darn uh, it. So, um, being super brutal, uh, you ended up two for five, which is way off your your historic average.
0: Yeah, usually bat five hundred, but uh, just wasn't wasn't there this year. Yeah, timing on this stuff. I feel like e commerce has slowed down a little bit. Like, uh, I don't know.
1: Oh no, I for sure feel like it
0: has, and I do think the pace of innovation is really slowing, which just makes it makes it harder to throw out big predictions.
1: Yeah, I also feel like it, at this point, like it's the timing of many things is tougher to predict than the actual events themselves, and the horizon is now longer than a year. Per your point, so that's that's the uh, another challenge with this whole predictions thing. Um, but uh, I'm not remotely confident that I did any better, uh, so. <laughs> so, uh, with, uh, no further ado, let's, let's, uh, see how I did.
0: Yes. Yes. So your predictions, let's jump into those. Um, the first one is you were uh, very giddy. You probably had just visited three or four of the Amazon stores and you said, look, uh, I am sure there's going to be over a thousand Amazon physical stores by the end of the, the year. Uh, so, You know, I think, I think Whole Foods helps a lot here. Um, And this is there were, you know, to your credit, there were a bunch of articles out there that Amazon was going to. You know, I think it was Wall Street Journal that they were going to have thousands of stores and whatnot. Uh, But right now, we're sitting at about five to six hundred. So you've got, uh, you've got the Whole Foods. There's like about five hundred Whole Foods. There's some pop-ups. There's some four stars. There's some bookstores. Swirl all that together, you get to kind of like. 550, 575, somewhere in there. So that's a pretty big miss. Um, you know, 57% a fifty-seven percent is F on any grading scale. So sorry, you you did not get that one.
1: Yeah, no, I I'll be honest. I thought um that perhaps Amazon Go would scale much more. Um you were generous, but there were actually a lot more pop-up stores last year. They closed most of the the pop-up stores. So it's possible there's fewer stores this year than there were last year if you if you include those. So, yeah, I t- wildly miss that. Um, and the only like slightly interesting thing in that o- in that whole thing is I feel like the one concept that has scaled slightly more than people realize is the four star store. Um, so there are now 15 four star stores, which is like coming up on on, uh, you know, the number of bookstores. So pretty soon we might have more more four star stores than we have bookstores. But nowhere close to a thousand. I was wildly wrong. I wonder why they closed the pop-ups because
0: uh, you know, I've I've kept an eye on them in our malls and they're pretty popular. I'm a little surprised they did that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, for a while they had a ton of them in Whole Foods stores. Um, and, uh, you know, again, I feel like they opened a lot of them in places where they could get real estate rather than in places where, where there was a like strategic audience need. Um but uh, yeah, and the the few pop up stores that remain are some kind of interesting concepts. So, um, but yeah, uh, I don't I don't know.
0: Yeah, cool. Uh, so that's zero for five for for those home gamers keeping track of the score. Um, then your second one, and this was this was one where I think the timing probably is going to be what gets you. Uh, so this was on the heels of Target buying ships. and you know here we are a year later. That's gone really well. You know, Target. Uh, I believe their e commerce has accelerated. They're constantly talking about how Shipped from Store is doing well and all those initiatives that, have, that kind of anchor on Shipped. So, your prediction was uh, that in 2019, Walmart would buy a Last Mile oh. firm, uh, and that did not happen. Uh, I think the big idea in Last Mile, well, they had a couple. One was kind of just kind of uh, associates kind of on their way home, bringing stuff, which that would would never made sense to me. Uh, And then the second one is this whole body camera thing where they're going to pop associates right in your house to deliver stuff. Um, You know, I don't think that has really caught on either.
1: Yeah, no, I I do. I agree. I think they, I I made that prediction because I felt like the omni-channel stuff is really growing for them and they would need more last mile capacity. And I still think that is true. Um, uh, I, I didn't foresee it last year, but, uh, you know, like as whole Foods, as, um, FedEx has kind of gone push slash run away from Amazon, um, the, the company they're running to is Walmart. And so we're, we've seen some like bigger strategic partnerships between Walmart and FedEx. And now that, you know, there's starting to be some, some economic weakness at FedEx, like, I don't know, uh, we'll have to talk about this year's predictions, but, but, uh, uh, you could almost imagine at one point uh that that could be an acquisition or some kind of deeper strategic partnership but uh nevertheless uh did not happen last year yep
0: yeah. so that's uh 0 for 5 still <laughs> or 0 for 2 yep yeah. uh so then uh your third one and you know i think you made a comment last year that you need to be less specific. So this one's kind of interesting. <laughs> um, and so you said there's going to be another big bankruptcy, but then you said such as JCPenney, uh, one of the office guys, Bed Bath Beyond, New and Marcus. So you, you kind of had an or in there uh, or, you know, we could interpret it as an and, but, but being generous since we're sitting here at over two um, there were a lot of bankruptcies. So we had, Uh, let's see. Jimbree. We had forever 21. Um, wasn't Rue 21. Was that a, was that 2019 or is that 2018? That might've been 18. I'm not sure. Okay. Um, one of the maternity stores, uh, Payless shoes. I think let's see. We had, there was one of the mattress stores went belly up, right? So there, there were some pretty high profile
1: bankruptcies. I'm taking the win, but in hindsight, like, that was a lame prediction. Like, of course somebody's going to go bankrupt every year. Uh, So if you're not specific, it's a lame prediction. And if you are specific, the names I mentioned were wrong. (laughs) But I, I still am taking the win. And I would point out, like, the one that gets talked about the most, which is actually one of the smaller ones, is Barney's, was like the sort of story brand that went bankrupt. And I know the one that almost doesn't get talked about but was most crushing and near and dear to your heart is Sugarfina. Yeah, yes. Tier. <laughs> uh Okay, so your fourth prediction. Uh, wait, wait. wait let's com- recap the score. I'm now one of three. I've, I've, <laughs> oh, yes. Infinitely yeah. improved over over the previous two.
0: You have, yeah. 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 You're uh, on a tear. Two more to make up some some room here. Uh, so your fourth prediction was that mobile commerce revenue would pass desktop. Uh, and uh, listeners of the show know you're a big fan of PWAs. Uh, which is not a rap band; it's some kind of a technology for mobile stuff, um, and also the new payment APIs and some of the browser stuff you you felt were going to close the mobile gap. Um, I'll defer to you since you're the guru on this. Did did you? Yeah.
1: Did we mention the that that e-commerce is slowing down a lot? <laughs> um, <laughs> none of those things happened at near the scale that I thought they would, um, and so for sure, no. Uh, mobile re- revenue did not pass desktop revenue. And I, I thought I could like save face and say, well, that didn't happen. It it did happen on the big shopping days. Um, right. Like, so, you know, you could kind of make, try to make an argument that, oh, it totally happened on, uh, on uh cyber Monday or things like that. But the reality is even over the holiday period, if you look at November through December, 60% of all, uh, Revenue happened on desktop, 35% of revenue on mobile, and 5% on tablet. So bottom line, I wasn't even close. Hmm. Sad.
0: Sad. Yep. Sorry, dude. So let's see. That gives us one out of four. All right. Last chance. uh, On number five, uh, on this one, this is kind of one of your anti-predictions. You said the following things are going to be fads and not take off voice commerce. Uh, AI that's customer-facing, social commerce, virtual reality, and blockchain.
1: Yeah, and again, not a very awesome prediction, but I'm going to take the win on that and say that uh, those things are all or were all basically feds, at least in 2019. Um, no, the one that feels like it's starting to get some traction is some some aspects of social commerce, but but I, I would still argue they weren't like meaningful in 2019.
0: Yeah. Okay.
1: We'll give you that one. Yeah, I'm desperate right, so for that, I'm desperate for a win. That would get me to two two or five to at least tie you. Yeah, yeah. And then you threw
0: out uh, because you're, you're Jason, you just couldn't stop at five. Whoa. You threw out a bonus and you said Amazon's going to break out Prime revenue. And you were really specific. I had to go back and and listen to this. One. <laughs> I because <laughs> I had a feeling you're kind of get a little slippery on it. So Amazon has not broken out Prime revenue. So that's that's a no.
1: Yeah. Uh, uh, What really happened is I misspoke. What I meant to say is that Cowan would break out Prime (laughs) for Um, Amazon. And I, yeah, I I said it wrong. Darn it.
0: Yeah. But since that was a bonus, we'll, uh, you know, we won't, we won't count it. So it's effectively a tie this year. So, which is... Uh to me that's a loss because over the over the, the arc, I've typically beaten you by three or four answers. So, so yeah, I feel like so
1: it would be a win for me, but since you basically came down to my level, it doesn't I don't think it feels good for either of us. Yeah, um but at we least get better. at least we've established our credibility now. So I'm I'm sure everyone's on the edge of their seats to hear our wives predictions for next year now that we've shown how how uh, omnipotent we are. We're gonna rebound. I I can feel it. I like your attitude. Do you wanna
0: Do you want to do yours first?
1: Uh, No, I want to hear yours so I can potentially use them.
0: Okay. Yep, so here's my five predictions. So uh, I mentioned earlier that Shopify has kind of gone up 3x in a year. That just feels, you know, feels very nosebleedy to me and there's a lot of new competition coming out. So I, I think whenever you have a value creation event like that, where they've essentially created $45 billion out of thin air, uh, there's going to be a lot of money chasing Shopify. Um, I don't know what their weaknesses, but every company uh, always has one. So, you know, it's going to be interesting to see what comes after them, what angles they come after and all that, that good stuff. So, um, So that's, that's my prediction is that they're going to wilt a bit and, you know, I'll, I'll put a, I need to put something more specific there. Uh, I'll say they, they kind of stay at this market cap or go down, you know, 10%, somewhere between kind of here and 10%. I don't think there's going to be another kind of like huge run up type year and it's going to be, you know, largely, um, you know, folks waking up to say, wait, there, there is competition out there for this business model. Yeah, what gotcha. okay. you know the other thing that doesn't get talked about is the churn just has to be like through the roof, right? So, um, just on a unit churn, they have to just be churning tons of customers. And Now, in a cohort, um, it probably is—you is, know—the revenue from the cohort, probably the GMV from the cohort, probably mix up, and then that's what drives their revenue. Um, but over time, it, it just feels like there's going to be so a brighter light sh- shown on part of their business model that that isn't this kind of perfect kind of price for per perfection kind of thing.
1: Yeah, no, I would agree with that. I, I do think the maybe the one thing that, that mitigates that a little bit is um, they are starting to successfully go up market a bit and get like some slightly more uh, stable, slower churn customers uh, with higher GMV. So, so maybe that balances out in the long run.
0: Yeah, it's like a million at the base of the pyramid, though. Um, yeah. It takes a lot at the top of the pyramid to
1: make It just a, takes one uh, Kylie Jenner.
0: That, that is true.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, so that's my first prediction. My second one, um, and uh, another prediction we we had kind of, I can't remember which of us did, but for a long time, it's probably me. Uh, just like the Alexa ear earpods, I was saying Amazon will get into delivery. Um, and that is that would be a, that would be a lame one because it's like such an obvious one at this point. And for the longest time, FedEx and UPS said, "No, no, no, they're our partner, not our competitor." Uh, and I think the I think the bloom is totally off that one right now, where everyone's like, "Okay." This is bad. Uh, in fact, you mentioned earlier, FedEx is like getting hammered over this. Uh, and so uh, and then Amazon kind of dug the knife in further where they won't even let seller fulfilled prime sellers use FedEx because they say the service level isn't good enough. <laughs> it's,
1: it's brutal. Yeah. You talk about throwing some holiday shade. <laughs> Ouch.
0: Ouch. Uh, so as a result, FedEx is under a lot of pressure right now. Um, and I think it's going to cause some kind of interesting thing to happen. Um, you know, you've got eBay out there kind of rudderless right now. You could see FedEx eBay. You could see, you mentioned Walmart. I, I think there's going to be some interesting kind of marriage that happens with FedEx in, and it's going to be driven from the world of e-commerce.
1: Okay. I like that one.
0: Um, uh, Prediction number three, and this is not my forte, but there's just a lot of buzz around returns. So there's several startups. You could probably iterate them better than I can. They've all, you know, VCs uh, contact me about this, which means it must be like just kind of, Crazy, yeah. Uh, you know, they're all trying to solve the returns problems, and there's all kinds of clever ways of doing this, of you know, consolidated return centers, uh, different ways of managing the reverse supply chain, and that kind of thing. So I'm going to say 2020 will be the year where um, you know there, there's probably going to be some kind of a winner that emerges from that, um, and. They'll be kind of like ShopRunner has tried to do and not too successfully to offer a Prime, kind of a, a a network of retailers that form an alternative Prime. One of these startups will be successful, and I guess I'll define it as raising over a hundred million, something like that. Something that's like pretty, you know, pretty obvious that they're the leader. They'll be pretty successful in in kind of taking a run at offering a non-Amazon multi-retailer, multi-brand approach to returns.
1: Okay. Uh, So that's funny. I wrote a similar prediction. I I didn't end up using it because I thought it was too wonky, but I totally agree with the sentiment. It does, like, I I think returns have become a huge acute problem. And so, you know, we're seeing lots of new investments in the whole, Reverse logistics base to try to solve it. So that that seems reasonable. Although uh, somebody raising a hundred million dollars is not peanuts. So so I like that you're you're uh, taking a stance. Yeah. Uh so that's my third. My fourth
0: one is uh, keeping with my Molageden which has been a winner for for two years in a row. I'm going to say you know what uh you call 9,000 store closers in 2019. It's a good start. So I, so I think we're going to have many more store closures. Um I'm going to say at least 8,000. Um so continuing to keep you know about the same as last year if not more. Uh I think we are going to see it just feels like we're still overstored in a lot of different categories, like drugstores and a bunch of that kind of stuff. So I put that one out there, uh, and then this one—this is one of these I've made a long time, and I'm always wrong, but I—I I, for some reason I'm back to it again this year. Uh, I just fundamentally believe Google has is waking up to the Amazon threat and and starting to take it much more seriously. Um, now they're 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 doing a terrible branding job at it, but I think execution wise there is something there. Uh, so they have this marketplace, which is essentially called shopping, Google shopping, uh, actions. Uh, and, um, you know, the, I think they're getting pretty serious about it. And I think this year they're going to get, you know, really, really serious about it. Um, so what's that mean? So I think, I think overall, I think, I could see them actually in the hunt to buy an eBay or a FedEx or something like that. Um, that could be interesting. Um, and then, you know, another one is the shopping actions is it's always just been this kind of on the edge, like, well, it'll be on two percent of Android, latest Android lollipop, popsicle, I don't know, Twix. <laughs> Uh, and, you know, so it ends up being like a percent of a percent of a percent and not material. So, so I'm thinking they get pretty serious about it, meaning it's going to get a lot of exposure, um, on not only just some fraction of Android, but across all Google properties.
1: Okay. Um, so I like it. How, like, like what will you tangibly see to know that that, that happened? Like, do you expect them to be like a top 100 retailer? Like what would, what's the uh i think yeah i think
0: 10 percent of shopping traffic going through it would be material so i would kind of start there
1: oh wow yeah that's quite material okay yeah Uh, i would
0: look at like search marketing as someone like the referee on this one searchmarketing.com
1: okay uh and what's that
0: search engine land or one of those
1: yeah seland.com yeah um uh at least to get the ball rolling you know last month they announced uh, Bill Reddy, who is a exec at PayPal is the new, like VP of commerce at Google. So they, like they have a, a, a new person to sort of lead that initiative. So that maybe bodes well for your prediction.
0: Yeah, I worry about it because, uh, these payments guys, <laughs> what, you know, when you've been in the payments world, everything looks like a nail. So, so I worry we're going to get Google pay 8.0. Um, but we'll see.
1: So yeah, supposedly. And I, I don't know, but, uh, Suppo- like, I think he's got some non competes and supposedly, like, is being hired explicitly not to get involved in payments. Ah, I did not so, know that. So maybe that will will uh, benefit you. Let's. We can only hope. Yeah, yeah. I like it though.
0: <laughs> All right, those are my five. What are your five?
1: Awesome. Yeah. Um. So my first one is I'm just going to take yours from last year and predict them for this year thinking that you just missed the timing and given all the ones that, that have happened in the past. That's my new strategy. Uh, so last year you predicted that Walmart um, would would have a hiccup in 2019. So I'm going to say in tw- 2020 is the year that uh, Walmart's rate of growth slows down. And I, I don't actually mean that that is a distress in any way. I just think... Um, sometime this year, they're going to finish rolling out online grocery pickup to all of their stores and they're going to have to comp against stores that were open last year. Whereas for the last few years, they've had this benefit of opening a bunch of stores and going from zero to some, some big number of digital grocery. Um, so I, I think it's going to be much tougher to maintain that 40% growth rate. So I expect that growth rate to go down, which is, you know, uh, kind of natural, Um, and then I'll just throw out a wacky one and say, I also actually think that we, this might be the year that Mark Lurie, uh, exits from Walmart. Um, just think like, uh, that he's probably been there a while. Like we've, we've, uh, you know, started to see some of his, a lot of the, the jet people have kind of transitioned out. Now Andy Dunn has transitioned out. Um, that the guy has basically unlimited funds in the bank. Like, I think he may just feel like he's accomplished what, what he can accomplish at at Walmart. And we, we might see a changing of the guard, but
0: didn't uh, Del Delray say that he had like, you know, four years to make a trillion dollars. So it feels like that would be an expensive choice.
1: Yeah. uh, I think it will be a, I think he could afford an expensive choice. Um, I, I don't know how that would all work out. Like I could imagine him negotiating some sort of uh pay payout if if it made sense for both parties. But we'll see. Um, now is that an and or an order? Yeah. So I want my official prediction to be that the rate of growth slows. Um but if Mark Laurie does leave this year, I want permission to go full Scott Galloway and just like launch a website that's called Jason Predicted That Mark Would Leave. Okay, got it. So it's some ore with uh, a Galloway asterisk. It's the color. It's color, exactly. Uh so then my next prediction, again, following the trend that I like to always uh you always make some Amazon prediction, so I'm gonna steal that. And I I have to be honest, like part of me feels like this is too easy and not a very controversial prediction, but so many things don't happen that that uh like I, I do think it's fair. Um I, I think this is the year that Amazon finally opens its own grocery concept, like separate from Whole Foods, and I think it's going to be targeted at uh, more affordable price points, and I think it's going to dramatically heat up the sort of digital grocery wars, and most notably the Walmart, Amazon, Kroger battles. Cool. Uh, so number three, um, is that I think we're going to see a lot more emphasis and talk about uh, owned brands this year and that that's going to uh, significantly grow as a part of retail. Uh, so last year, about 5% of all retail goods were like private label type products. Um, and I think it could be dramatically bigger in 2020. I think it could be sort of in that 8 to 10% range. Which would be a huge disruption in the retail marketplace. What's your data source on that? Uh, so the the five percent is actually four point six percent, and I will have to I do I have to get my intern to pull it out. Um, but that's predominantly focused on like the CPG and grocery. Uh, uh, space, so it's one of those those uh, data tracking companies. But I'll find it for you. So it's not Jason Goldberg. No, himself. No, no, no. Yeah. We need a credible. <laughs> we need a a, a credible external force.
0: <laughs> There's a data point out there where I'm the only person that's ever said it. It's really funny.
1: Yeah, I like that one. Yeah, uh, yeah. We just put it in the echo chamber, and and it'll become real. Yeah. Uh,
0: cool. That'll be interesting. Yeah. Uh, um, so that, does that include digital native vertical brands or this is more just like target it spinning up?
1: Yeah. Um, uh, uh, so I, I'm primarily thinking about omni-channel retailers, like shifting the focus to brands they own rather than, so like to be honest, it's more of the, the cat and jacks of the world. Like I think Walmart's going to make a major effort to, to grow their own brands, target, you know, uh, is is putting a huge effort into their new grocery brand, um, and I, I just think uh, the big macro trend in in retail is we're going to see a couple retailers really try to com- compete on sort of assortment and being the everything store. And in, in North America, to me, that's Walmart and Amazon, and every other retailer is going to try to win by selling stuff that no one else has. And so I just think that's going to result in a lot bigger chunk of retail. Selling their own stuff instead of other people's stuff. Got it. Cool. We shall see. One. Yeah. Um, my fourth prediction is, you know, you you hit on an area that there's a lot of uh, um, momentum at the moment in uh, returns and reverse logistics. Uh, another one for me is the installment payment space. So I've said installment payments are going to dramatically heat up. Um and I think that's going to result in at least one major acquisition in that space. So I think, uh, like when I talk about installment payments, I'm talking about a lot of these companies that are sort of alternative credit means. A lot of them are kind of like uh, finance your purchase in for four monthly payments, that kind of thing. And so these are firms like Affirm and Afterpay and Karma. Um, and I, I just think uh, that. You know, next year you see one of those acquired maybe by a major uh, credit card company or bank. Um, but, uh, you know, I think some of the big trad- traditional financial folks are going to want to own a piece of that hot space. And so there's going to be some good acquisitions.
0: Cool. Who Who do you think, this isn't part of your prediction, but I'm curious who you think the buyers are. Is it going to be like traditional, like financial folks like Citi or, or is.
1: Yeah. So I think, I think the big, the big banks, particularly banks that have a retail credit division, if you're Citibank retail credit services, so you do private label credit cards for like Best Buy, um, the, these guys are now taking a chunk of that space and, and they've accomplished something that you've always wanted to do, which is they're built into the checkout flow. Um, which is super valuable to these credit card issuers, and so uh, I could easily like imagine um, one of those credit card firms wanting to acquire one of these guys. I also think it could uh, that you know it it could be a PayPal or a, um, a Square or um, you know even like one of the big credit networks like Visa.
0: Um, speaking of payments, do you have plans to move to Africa this year? Uh, I,
1: I was going to, but, uh, I've been told that I only have one job and so I'm not qualified to, to like move to Africa and remotely do my two CEO jobs. Okay. Who would you be referring to by, by chance?
0: (laughs) So Jack Dorsey, CEO of, of Twitter and, and square, uh, has just kind of randomly said he's going to move to Africa for some period of time. Um, and it, uh, you know, speaking of Scott Galloway, it, it really angered him. He's very upset about it.
1: Yes. Yeah. But and, and in fairness, like, I think if you're a shareholder at, at, uh, like square in particular, you're like, uh, why is my guy spending a lot of his time on this Twitter thing? And then now he's going to do it from Africa. Like that seems like that would be a legitimate reason to have some concern. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll see. Yeah. Um I would love to visit Africa, but I think it would be on vacation. Uh and then uh my fifth prediction is uh one that I feel like I used to do all the time, and then you know, I, I uh I skipped a year. Um so we'll we'll try it again. I think uh this is gonna be a year that digital in store really heats up. And the surprising piece of that is this much maligned uh, technology that people in our industry like to make jokes about the the ugly QR code i think is going to make a a major comeback at retail and we'll see a bunch of of uh, retailers deploy QR codes for various forms of mobile wallets and particularly for like letting you scan products and read reviews and things like that in in retail stores cool um so those are my 5 And then
0: that feels risky. People hate QR. People have a visceral hatred of QR codes.
1: Yeah. I feel like it's, it's a, been a sneaky success. I feel like there are a lot of people, but they're primarily, primarily pundits that like have all this negativity around the QR code. But then secretly, uh, you know, there, there's a bunch of, of use cases where the QR codes have been like paramount. Like it's, it's, you know, a huge chunk of all payments at Starbucks and it's, Walmart Pay which has secretly been a success and it's you know it's it's Snapchat and if you go to China uh it's everywhere and it's WeChat so um so uh ho- hopefully we'll see like usually I I'm dead wrong in these things so I I I'm not overly confident about any of them but but uh I'm at least throwing it out there and again because the bonus has always treated me so well I thought I would throw a bonus in this year okay
0: Uh, What what do you have for us this
1: year? Yeah. So my bonus is I'm just going straight negative because I'll be honest, when I first wrote these forecasts, all five of my forecasts are things that were not going to (laughs) happen. And then I realized that I can't, I can't be that guy. Right. So, so I, I tried to make um, more optimistic, uh, reasonable forecasts, but then I reserved the right to point out all of the Ebenezer, Scrooge, Bah, Humbug, moments. So here's my long list of things that are not going to happen this year. Uh, Cashierless uh, retail stores like Amazon Go, blockchain, 5G, big data and personalization. None of those those technologies are going to have a major impact on retail. Uh, Talking heads are going to go crazy about them and write stories about how, you know, if you don't do them immediately, you're going to go out of business. But I think they're going to be the examples of success are going to be few and far between. I don't think Uh, Everyone loves to talk about digitally native vertical brands, but I don't think any of those are going to break out and be particularly successful in 2020. Um, I for sure don't think we're going to see any major uh, uh, retail antitrust actions in the U.S. Uh, So that would be my negative Scott Galloway prediction. Um, I also don't think the, the brick and mortar marketplace stores... So that's uh, Beta, Showfields, Neighborhood Goods. I don't think they're going to ha- have a huge successor breakout in 2020. Um, and Shopify is getting a lot of buzz right now, but the the thing I hear most about Shopify is that they're going to become a viable competitor uh, for Amazon. And I actually don't think they're going to compete with Amazon at all in 2020.
0: Yeah, the, the people that say they're going to compete, do you feel like they think, Shh. Shopify would have some front door kind of marketplace type experience. Is that kind of what you think? Yeah. There are
1: looking for? people that talk about, Oh, maybe they aggregate traffic and have some kind of marketplace experience where you could shop across multiple vendors. You know, they, they bought a logistics company this year and they're rapidly building out their logistics. And on paper, that looks like fulfillment by Amazon. And so people are like, Oh, that's competing with fulfillment by Amazon. But, uh, as I, as we said earlier in the show, I admire Shopify. I think they're making a bunch of the right decisions and they're doing really well. Um, none of the services they provide to a client in my mind, replace or compete with any of the services Amazon provides in any way. And like, uh, I think they're for the most part synergistic and they're, they're going to have a lot of customer overlap. Um, but, at the end of the day, Amazon is in the business of generating a huge amount of traffic and monetizing that traffic and they sell that traffic to their customers. And that's exactly the opposite of what Shopify does. Shopify does everything for you but get you any traffic whatsoever and you're totally responsible for bringing your own traffic. And so I just think um that's a good that's a both sides of that strategy make sense for both companies, but I just I, I think all the pundits that are like, oh, you know, the secret competitor for Amazon is going to turn out to be Shopify. I, I just don't see it.
0: Yeah.
1: Interesting.
0: Okay. Cool. Any other bonuses you want to
1: throw in there? No, 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 no. I think I've pressed my luck enough. Um, but uh, hopefully uh, that, uh, will, you know, there's some nuggets in there our listeners will be able to use as they shape their 2020 and that will be able – to redeem ourselves, uh, when we, uh, unquestionably, uh, enter the new decade, uh, next January.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You know what, um, Maybe what would be fun is if listeners – I'm just doing this off the cuff. <laughs> so what if listeners wanted to add some and we could kind of like um, aggregate some of the better ones and, and talk about them on the next show, but then also when we do the recap, see – we'll add a third competitor, which will be listeners, and, and see how they do against you and I.
1: Yeah, that's a great idea because I it's it's kind of boring coming in second, so I feel like third would be <laughs> – uh, much more advantageous. Uh, Scott, well, I would feel
0: better if, if someone else came in through. Yeah.
1: Fair fair enough. Yeah. So maybe I cherry pick only the worst predictions. That'd be funny. I'd try to cherry pick the worst predictions and then they'd still beat me. Um, so yeah, I'm totally in on that. If listeners want to, uh, jump onto Facebook and le- uh, leave any of their own predictions or hit us up on Twitter, we'll be happy to aggregate them, put them in the show notes and include them in our recap next year. Um, and that's going to be a great final call to action because it's happened again. We've used up our allotted time. So, um, definitely love to hear all of our listeners predictions and also feel free if you just think Scott and I are crazy, um, and you want to refute any of our predictions, we'd love to hear your thinking behind that. Uh, and as always, uh, the beginning of the year before you get really busy at work is a perfect time to jump on iTunes and finally give us that five-star review.
0: Thanks, everyone. And Jason, congrats on uh, salvaging a tie out this year. Uh,
1: thanks very much. Uh, it, it it feels good to be less behind than I usually am. Um, but uh, thanks, everyone, for listening. And until next time, happy e commerce You've been listening to The Jason and Scott Show. For all the latest news and trends on e-commerce and shopper marketing, subscribe to us on
0: iTunes or visit www.jasonandscott.com.